So, on Saturday, in addition to getting to play in the Pathfinder game, I also ran the first session of our Adventures in Middle-Earth campaign. And I thought I would talk about that, what I liked, what I didn't. Um, and now that I have played it, obviously, I can give a, a better, a more complete, more thorough understanding of what the game is like. Obviously, we've only played at first level, so I can't speak to how the game plays at higher levels. But um, that's what this episode is going to be about. I'm Arlen Walker, and I'm live from Pelham's I am Arlen Walker, and I am live from Pelham's Wasteland. Stay tuned. So, Adventures in Middle Earth. Um, let me tell you a bit about what actually what we actually did, and then I'll do likes and dislikes, good and bad, that sort of thing. So, first off, we were playing the Eves of Mirkwood adventure, which comes with the Lore Master screen. The Lore Master is their name for Game Master, um, which is designed to be a convince people to play this game style introductory adventure has a little bit of all of the special mechanics um, designed to be exciting and interesting and fun so that people come back and play your adventures in middle earth campaign straightforward enough concept um, starts off with the players in woodman town so we had one barding who had been sent to gather up uh, heroes, basically. We had one Dunedain Ranger who had um, was on his way to Dale. We had... Who else did we have? We had a Bayorning also on his way to Dale, and a man of Minas Tirith, also on his way to Dale. All of them on their way to King Bard's Gathering of the Five Armies event that a lot of these early adventures um, reference. So... Basically, everybody gets to Woodman Town, and then they decide, all right, let's go journeying together. And so they go on, go out on this journey. Um, there's only one. The way that the journeys work in Adventures in Middle-Earth is that you roll for embarkation. You roll a certain number of journey events based on the length of the journey, and then you roll an arrival roll. Um, in this case, what we did was pretty straightforward. Um, there was only one rolled journey event, so they leave on an embarkation, and they were actually made weary by their embarkation because they uh, ended up leaving in the middle of a whole bunch of thunderstorms, so that wasn't so good. But then, their first event, they saw a really beautiful sunset, that made them all be like, oh, this is so special, and made them unweary. So that was great. Uh, and then the adventure's kind of scripted portion takes over, and they're going through the forest, and they start to hear, Baruch Kazad, Kazad Aminu, which, as I'm sure you know, is the battle cry of the dwarves. Um and it turns out that there are dwarves fighting goblins, and there are some goblins to fight the players. The players kill the goblins. The dwarves then take them back to their campsite, where they have this pig roasting over the campfire. And there's this great 
kind of feasting and singing and riddling and playing this game of smoke rings and all of that sort of stuff. And it's great fun. Um, very exciting. Um, well, I say that. Uh, it wouldn't work for every group, but I think my players had a whole lot of fun with the the sort of downtime with the dwarves type thing. And then they wake up being taken prisoner by woodsmen because it turns out that the pig was tied up for a war chieftain. So they get taken back to the woodsman's village and have to do an audience with the leader of the woodsmen. And basically they uh, get told that they did the bad thing and they agreed that they would go try to kill the warg. And luckily for them, the warg chief shows up at the hall to attack because he's pissed off. Um, and then they fought the warg chieftain. One of them got pretty low on hit points. Um, not quite all the way down, but but low. Um, and then they they killed the warg and some goblins and... That was that, and they were treated like heroes, and then they leave to go further on their adventure, and along the road meet a strange um, gray robe-wearing character with a staff and a sword of ancient gondolin, and of course this is Gandalf carrying Lamdring, and he asks if he might travel with them for some time. So yeah, that was basically what happened. And now I'm going to talk about what I liked and what I disliked. So, likes and dislikes. Um, why don't I start with one dislike, which is basically just that um, the guide in the, in the um, adventure itself for how many orcs or how many goblins to throw at the player's was way too low. Um, they are admittedly level one, so combat is pretty sweet. But the the combat classes, they can pretty easily kill one of these goblins in one hit. Um, and what the guide said was one goblin per each companion. And I took a look at that and thought, really? That? That's like nothing. That's going to go down in one, maybe two rounds. Um, so I threw a lot more goblins. I think I had um, eight or nine total goblins that attacked the party when the, the dwarves were fighting goblins too. Um, and then also in the battle for the hall, when Grey Muzzle Hob, who's the warg chieftain, comes in... Um, it says he comes in alone, uh, set, unless there are more than four companions, in which case he brings one goblin per companion. And I brought him with, I think, four goblins. Um, because, yeah, the, the heroes are going to take him down pretty easily. And um, it's not a, a big problem to to add a couple of goblins and it, I think made the fight a lot more fun, a lot more interesting, more, um, 
you know, that kind of sense of the precarious nature of combat was actually there unless instead of if there had only been four goblins at that first fight and only green muzzle hob at the second fight um it would have been sort of like well i mean i think i know what's going to happen it's just a matter of do we lose a couple hit points along the way um so that was a little bit of a gripe with the adventure um but easy enough to adjust from what i liked i liked the journey system. This was the first time running something with the journey system. It's interesting because in the one ring, the way the journey system works is that you, um, based on how many hexes you travel on the hex map, um, you take fatigue tests and can get more and more fatigued carrying your gear. Um, and then as you travel if you roll an eye on the feed die, which is a, a one in 12 chance, there is a journey hazard event, um, which is something bad happens along the way, which is interesting, partly because it means that pretty much everything that happens on the journey that isn't pre-scripted um, is going to be bad. Um, there isn't really a good way to... Uh, have nice things happen along the journey. Nice things are for your embarkation and your arrival. Whereas, like I said, in this Eves of Mirkwood scenario that we played through, um, the first event, they only had one journey event, and the first one was really good for them. Um, which, you know, it's, it's just a little bit different. Um, I'm not sure how to feel about it. I think I will have a better idea once I've played the One Ring. Um, also, the journeys in Adventures in Middle-Earth are just a set number of events. There's no way to reduce or increase them. Whereas um, in the One Ring, obviously because it's tied to rolling eyes on um, travel tests... What that means is that traveling with more companions puts you in greater danger of having these hazards happen. Whereas if you can travel as a small group, you're less, less prepared to deal with a hazard happening, but less likely to actually have one happen, which is a really interesting, I think, I think one of the big differences, I was talking with um, George Strayton, one of my buddies who's going to be playing in um, one of my One Ring one-shots and plays with us on the Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerers of Hyperborea game, um, about the differences between the two and that one of the things is that, to me, um, 5e in general and 5e Adventures in Middle-Earth seems very... Um, what you see is what you get. Everything kind of makes sense. And there isn't a whole lot of stuff kind of going on in like hidden interactions between mechanics, if that makes sense. Um, everything is pretty much upfront about this is how this works and this is why it works this way. In the One Ring, it is a much more... Um, engineered system it seems like and so there's a lot of these sort of hidden interactions between different subsystems that's going on 
that um, basically makes it so that if you, um, well, A, if you change things, it's going to have far-reaching consequences, and B, it also means that there's these kind of like subtle mechanical things going on in terms of what it does. So I use the example of if you were traveling with 13 dwarves, a hobbit, and a wizard, like one famous party in Middle-earth, um, you would be well-equipped to deal with most of the travel hazards that come up, and that's good because the travel hazards would come up more often, except the only one that you would be in serious trouble for is if there was a combat encounter um, and you are significantly more likely to have a combat encounter because you'd have so many more travel hazards. And that's, to me, a really interesting gameplay way of mechanically suggesting the the hazards of traveling in large groups that when you travel in a large group you are more likely to attract the attention of the shadow and the eye once the eye is revealed and all of that sort of stuff which is really neat it's it's a neat kind of subtle interaction between the mechanics um not that subtle because i did figure it out just from reading it but um more subtle than, for instance, in this Adventures in Middle-Earth game where it just says the guide needs these skills to be good at things. Here's what modifies the embarkation role, that type thing. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. I, uh... So, the other... It's kind of a gripe. The audience's mechanic in Adventures in Middle-Earth. In the One Ring, the three kind of main mechanical sequences of the game are combat, journeys, and encounters. And encounters does not refer to combat encounters. It refers to encountering famous personages or, you know, kings, diplomats, all of these figures who have some level of power, and you have to uh, speak nice with them. And in the One Ring, it's a pretty complicated set of mechanics to simulate these um, introductions and debates and discussions and all of the different things that go on when you are talking to these characters. Um, one of my gripes is that in Adventures in Middle-Earth, there is an audience mechanic, and the audience mechanic is cool, but the audience mechanic mechanically is basically just two roles. There's an introduction role and a how-did-we-do-with-our-talking role. And that's not to say that it wasn't fun and it was fun to RP out the sequence. It's just, it seems a little bit um, unfortunate. It seems, it's, it's kind of interesting to compare this, uh, the one system where there's all of this stuff going on for encounters and then in adventures in middle earth there just isn't that much mechanically going on for audiences which is not to say that they're not fun and that they don't lend themselves to memorable moments within the fiction it i just think 
that it makes me want to play One Ring over Adventures in Middle Earth. And that's sort of, well, one good thing that did happen is that my players had a ton of fun, it is clear, um, and were willing to at least talk about the idea of playing the One Ring instead of Adventures in Middle Earth. So I think, depending on how the one-shots go with the One Ring I am running, after Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers of Hyperborea, I am running um, not one, but two one-shots of the One Ring, one for some friends from the Dungeon Musings YouTube channel, um, and one for randoms that I found online who um, hopefully will all show up. We'll see. But yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be uh, really cool to play the One Ring and to see what it plays like and to have some sense of mechanically how it works when you have all the players there. Um, I think actually what I'm going to talk about now is some of the um, combat tests that I've run for the One Ring. All right. So no discussion of combat tests in the One Ring because as it happens, I this episode is coming out quite a bit later than I had originally hoped for which means that I had my great big marathon gaming weekend complete with two sessions of the one ring this past weekend when this episode, excuse me, goes live. So, um, I'm just going to talk about that next episode. So thank you for listening. I've been Arlen Walker and I've been live from Pelham's wasteland. See you next time.